The second insisted, well, I think there is something, and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second, but certainly we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she is all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not exist. Said the first, well, I don't see her, so it is only logical that she doesn't exist. To which the second replied, sometimes when you're in silence and you focus and you really listen, you can perceive her presence and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Selah. This gets better every time we read it, doesn't it? It's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you for indulging me. That's my, my fav- one of my favorite Mother's Day poems. I wanted to acknowledge that today we bring with you in this house a complexity of emotion, complexity of feelings for how you relate to, as, and with mother. And so we make space for that in this house today. We make space for all of your varying emotions, your feelings, the things you might be contemplating today, the things that you may need, the comfort that you came to seek. Today's service is going to be a very feel-good, happy-feeling kind of service. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. We have music. The band is, is graciously going to bless us today. We get to sing together today. Um, the service will last about an hour or so. How many have lunch plans? Yeah. Okay, so the rest of you can stay all day with me. Yeah. What'd you say? Dinner plans. So I got to be done by dinner. Okay, Kelly, we've got to be done by dinner. We have a special guest, and sp- not guest, but a special speaker today, our own beloved Kelly Kemp. Give it up for Kelly. She is going to speak to us with us today. Um, we have some other really special things. What did I miss? There's like this uh, subliminal messaging coming. <laughs> God bless you, Marsha, as you announce to us. All right, let's move on to announcements. House Church apps. I hope everybody, I mean, I can't, I know I get up here and say it. it it's a must. If you don't have the apps, please download them. You, you will use them every week, I promise. Next, oh, a four-week parenting workshop with April Hammonds. Yay.
then Memorial Day. Before it, can I even say this? Look at that picture. Jess, you did amazing. That is just beautiful. Memorial Day that Sunday, we will not have service. That kind of gives us all the whole weekend to go and do and do things with our friends. And the people who are here every week, early, 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 it kind of gives them a day off too. So that's kind of nice too. So go enjoy that weekend with your family. June 25th celebrates, uh, house, house Church is going to celebrate pride. Those of you who want to be involved in that, are we still doing Kelly Kemp? Because we volunteered her last week, she didn't know. i just making sure that was the, still the thing, but if you want to do something, we're going to have some type of presence there, but see Kelly about that, and that'll be fun and exciting. Oh, and the next thing that's great, July 17th, baptisms and conscious commitment ceremony. That sounds awesome and amazing. We're, we're not sure exactly what all that means. Well, as far as, you know, where the water's going to be at, but. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, uh, baptisms and conscious commitment ceremony, it is just an opportunity for children and adults alike to make a conscious um, a declaration publicly that you are, are confidently accepting your place in the Beloved. Um, we're doing that differently than we ever have at House Church before. We have done baptisms, water baptisms, and we have done different dedications and commitment ceremonies. And we have a need right now, as some of our children have been raised under April Hammond and raised in this church, and they are coming to a place in their life where they want to make a public declaration of their, of their commitment and decision to accept their place in the Beloved. And I can say yes to that all day long. And that's why we say conscious commitment, because we know... That if you are not ready or confused, a confused mind always says no, and there's no obligation and no pressure for this, but there may be some adults in the house that want to re-up their baptism experience. I know that in 2018 when we did a baptism, we had a lot of adults who were christened or baptized um, as babies who now as an adult wanted to make a, a different declaration with the act of baptism. So we'll talk more about that, and all of our children and adults will be prepared to do that, and you do not have to do it. It is completely um, a, a thing where you opt in. It is not required, but there are many folks among us in our in our community that use our church as a spiritual hub and as a spiritual reawakening and renewal, and it's just a beautiful thing to have that in the space. Can you agree? Can you see that? Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly how we're going to get the water in here, but it's going to happen. And it's going to be awesome. I think we all can agree that. All right, and Heidi's going to come up for this one. Um, hello. I know that uh, some of you are aware, but some of you may not be, that uh, we lost Lou. decided on a date for the funeral that they're going to have for her. It'll be in Yukon, Oklahoma. But I'm sure if you look on her Facebook page, her sister's been posting and giving some updates. Um, so please lift the family in prayer 
and pray for each other as well. This is very sad. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard loss for our community. So, if you want to talk about it with me afterwards, please feel free to come and see me after service, or call me. I'll be happy to talk with you about it. Um, she is a really special heart, and we love her dearly. Would you stand with me, please? Before we move into grace and peace and the place gets loud in here, would you be willing to create your own sanctuary space in your own mind right now? Maybe you need to close your eyes. Maybe you're thinking about Louisa. You're thinking about people in your life that you have lost and loved who have passed. I want to pray for you. Gracious and loving God, we accept your abiding presence in this house today. We invite your presence to hover over all of our hearts in all of the ways that we need comfort and consolation. We also, God, extend our peace to all those who are not present with us, those whom we carry with us into this place because they are part of our hearts. We think now of all of those people, the, the aunts and the uncles and the mothers and the fathers, the cousins and the sons and the daughters. We think about those who are waiting for us when our life's journey ends here in this dimension. We think about them. We know that in this place we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We know that your holy presence and your holy angels are here. We know that the veil is thin. And we know that our place here in this life is uh, like a vapor. We ask you, God, to comfort and to hold, to be our mother, to be our father. Your word promises us that when our mothers and fathers forsake us, even you, O oh God, will lift us up. Even when we are estranged from different parts of our family members, we know that you are with us. We know that every tear that is shed in this house today of joy or of sadness, we know that you hold us and we, we know that you collect them. We send our peace and we send our comfort and our forgiveness, even at the front of this service. Thank you for your presence in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. You extend your grace and peace to one another. God bless you as you welcome each other into the space.
Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Everybody take a deep breath with me. Inhale. Exhale. Take another one. To all the mothers. I do not just mean the mothers who have birthed babies and watch T-ball and love to do all the things for all the humans in their houses every day, but you are certainly included in this blessing too. You are the beloved in Christ. But I also mean peace to those whose mothering relationship status on Facebook would read it's complicated. To the mothers who do not feel capable or loved or loving the ones who are just sure they are getting it wrong. To the mothers who are grieving lost babies and lost dreams and straight lines on pregnancy tests. To the mothers who have had to say goodbye to children at any age for any reason. You and they are not forgotten. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the mothers lost to addiction and to the children who mourn them. To the ones who are not accepted by their mothers for who they are or whom they love. To the ones abandoned as children for whom the word mother still feels wrong in their mouth. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the bonus moms who did not birth their babies in hospitals, but choose them again and again with intentionality and love. Peace to the mothers who are fathers, the fathers who are mothers, the chosen family, the surrogates, the godmothers, and the aunts who always show up. Peace to the foster moms who give their children a soft place to land and hold space for trauma and tears with love and suitcases and snacks. Peace to the adoptive moms who freely give their love and their name. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to those who have learned to mother themselves with tenderness and care before they can mother anyone else. To those with animal babies who fill their home with hair and their heart with love to those who mother their friends, the kind who request a text when you get home late so they know that you are safe. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to those who mother the neighborhood with band-aids and juice boxes and a lawn on which to play. And peace to those who mother the earth with the same energy that created the cosmos, carefully tending to her through the seasons. Peace to those who teach us how to use our wings and help us learn how to say goodbye. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the mama bears who open arms and homes to the ones who have been rejected. To the ones who fear for their children leaving the house because of the color of their skin and to the ones who step in to protect them. To those who use their privilege and seek justice and equity for all. To the ones who will do anything under the sun for their children to be their authentic selves. And to all the mothers and all the children who love someone they can't be with right now. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give Amber another round of applause. 
this beautiful. <laughs> the old uh, prophet Isaiah declares from the 54th chapter, Sing, O barren, you You who have not born children, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. For all of the bodies in this house who have never birthed their own children, that blessing I give you. A video meditation. The spirit of truth calls us to what matters. She is the go-between, the connective force that moves from one creature to the next. She invites us to know our place in all things. Every inhale, exhale belongs to everyone and everything. She is the constant communication that speaks to the soul of all that exists, all that grows, all that dies. She gives across systemic separation, across species. There is no barrier she cannot overcome. She surpasses human understanding and speaks the truth in She knows our longings, understands our groans, and with merely a sigh, releases a prayer too deep for words. To the dismembered, she brings community. To the walking dead, she brings new life. To the suffering, she makes use of our troubled past. She fuels us, places a fire upon us, gifts us with her inclusive language of clarity and truth that we might begin to understand the hope of God that she keeps in motion. And the importance of working together as one to dream wholeness dreams into reality. As the band comes, um, we are a house of intergenerational worship, and so it is okay with me if the children would like to stay in for a song or two. Is April already gone? I can't see. Okay, go ahead and stand with me, y'all. April, we'll leave it up to you as to when the children are released to go with you. I would love for them to stay in um, and sing together a couple of songs. with us for a moment. We have a snare to check. I'll just tell you really quickly, um, this song that we're going to do, the first one is called Reckless Love. How many of you know that song? Yeah. So we chose this song because not only does it depict for us the love of God, but also the love of a parent 
that's why we chose this one specifically today. So sing it out. You guys okay? Thank you. 
There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me.
try this with just the voices because all my life you have been faithful think about it and all my life you have been so so I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. Woo! Come on, can you just clap? Woo! Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just gonna say that uh, for me, that so I told the worship team earlier, when I think of that song, I think of the me in the past. I think of the me as a little girl. I think of the me in many different times when God has been so good and so faithful. And I hope that you can do that too. That you can put these words in that time and know that even though whatever was happening was happening, God is still good and faithful and kind. And I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> she said, keep going. <laughs> um, it just means a lot to me because I don't have a I didn't have a really great childhood and to be able to think of the goodness of God in those moments of abuse and trauma 
and all the things that were happening in my life, it helps me so much to know, and it brings forward for me the word when it says that I am with you. In all of the things, I am always with you. You see, God doesn't make people do things, and it's not because of God that things happen. People make choices. Sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're really bad. But, and, God is still with us, even in the midst of everything that's happening in our life. And I pray for each one of us that we can begin to really grab a hold of that and see that. And when bad things happen because someone's made a bad choice, it's not God. But what is God is the help and the hope and the love and the peace and the comfort and the absolute abundant grace that is there. That's God. Okay. First verse, you want me to do it again? <laughs> I think it's the second verse that you like, actually. Okay. Yes. 
yes, you. I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. Yes, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of, of God. Thank you. Oh, you guys are so beautiful. That was so lovely. Thank, Thank you. you. You may be seated. You all are already seated. <laughs> Oh, the Lord is good, and the Lord's mercy endures forever. I have been uh, rescued out of many a hot water. <laughs> I have been rescued out of many a bed that I have made for myself and to lie in, and the Lord would look over and say, you ready to get out of here? <laughs> say, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> get me out. Get me out. Um, the world would say that you have made your bed and now you have to lie in it, but um, God's eternal rescuing redemption power would say that um, you have made your bed. Now you ready for me to help you make a new one? <laughs> Let's make a new one together. Let's make a new one together. Let's rescue, uh, you know, let us not be forgotten and feel that we are orphaned in our space and place in the world because you are not. Uh, Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. <laughs> I will not leave you <laughs> as an orphan. Um, one of the most powerful uh, ministry verses of my life is found in Psalms. And uh, when my world, the, the, sh the deck was shuffling for me, um, the things that were up were now down, and the things that were under me were no more. And when... The, the psalmist says, when my father and my mother forsake me, <laughs> when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I mean, then the Lord will take me up. Somebody knows what it's like to go through and to forge a new life for yourself um, when everything that you have known has been reshuffled, shuffling the deck. Um, in many, in all kinds of ways. And now this doesn't need to be that, that your mother and father forsake you literally, but when mom and dad aren't there, <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, it's us. And we have this firm foundation, a strong parent, a strong holy presence that can, stay, that can keep us and, and walk us and hold us. I have this written in my Bible, 2003, right underneath that scripture. It says 2003, let me see, I didn't bring my glasses, look at me now, look, those of you who watched me preach for eight years, now watch me, look, I got to do this now. Uh, <laughs> when a pastor ages before your very eyes, <laughs> um, <laughs> it says 2003, Wichita, yeah, I was in Wichita, Kansas, 2003, had just checked into, uh, a facility that was for um, reparative therapy. Um, they promised, they promised, uh, you know, reparative therapy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and I was checked in there, and I remember where I was staying and how it felt for me to be on the floor uh, of that <clears throat> bedroom. I had lost my big house in California. 
had lost my marriage. I had lost my community, my church had written a, a letter of excommunication to me. I know what it's like to be rejected and told that you are no longer welcome. And in the floor with a pile of Kleenexes and my Bible open to that psalm, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so I sing that lyric. I've known you as a father. I've known you. When the world forsakes you, when nobody understands, when you feel you've burned all your bridges, well, right there, the Lord will take you up. Right there. You can never outdo and outrun the very present presence of God. Kelly, would you join me? <laughs> would you all give Kelly a round of applause as she comes up? <laughs> I have my clean X's. I got it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> as long as we get our priorities straight. <laughs> oh. Uh, we have, as a culture, have incurred quite a bit of loss um, and the shuffling of the deck, so to speak. It seems we go day after day and it's like what who is next and what is next and what legislation is coming um, I bring to you a, uh, a tender heart this morning of course because without the, the really the presence of God and an, an, an intimate knowing of that I, I really wouldn't know why why or how or what the meaning was so I always want you to see my heart in that that above all things above the ritual Above the, uh, above the ceremony, above this context, you, you, you got to know God. <laughs> you get to, not, not you got to, but you get to know how the Lord will take you up, even when the world is against you. You know, and what the, this is what's up. When, when we hear religious speakers like this, it always makes it sound like the person has done no wrong and God is going to be on their side because they've done no wrong. No, it's when you are at your wrong, wrongest. Then the Lord's goodness will flood in. I have Kelly with me today. Um, everybody, you all love this woman. Um, <laughs> happy two-year anniversary of being with House Church, yeah. Um, we decided to share from... Kelly's story um, today, and she had asked that I stay up here with her. She needs no, she does not need me to do this, but she's asked me to be here, so don't think I'm trying to take over her, her spot, <laughs> but she had asked me to. Um, I love your blouse, by the way. I keep looking at this pretty little lacy stuff. That's so nice. That's so pretty. Um <laughs> 
And Kelly, I think you have some family with you today. I do, and like as we're singing, like tears are just like dripping off my chin. The reality that I think this is the first time that um, my baby bears are in this sanctuary, like all, all of them, if my, if my middle baby bear is Zooming. This is a, from Alaska. This is the first time that we are in church together as a family since the day we buried the patriarch of our family in February of 2020. It has, and our family was reeling in pain at that time, and um, we were in mass. And so, <laughs> but that's the last time we have all sat together in a sanctuary. Um, Oh, it's been such a long journey. Um, so, and one thing, too, I thought about when you were reading the poem about the two babies in the womb, like as Kenny's sitting next to me, and he's my, my firstborn. Um, <laughs> after uh, Hunter was born, I can distinctly remember him looking at me and pointing at Hunter and then pointing at my belly and being like, can you put that back in there? <laughs> yeah, so when you were talking about, yeah, life, yeah, anyway, squirrel. Um, so it's it's been a long journey. We um, were a very um, dedicated at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, evangelical family, and we had raised the children in that um, in that tradition. And my children, each of them, all three of them. Um, came out as members of the LGBTQ community one by one. My oldest was the first one to come out, and at the time that he came out, um, I did what every parent should not do. I looked at him in his most vulnerable and courageous at the same time, most vulnerable and courageous moment. And I looked at him and I said, my job is to love you, I'm your mom. That's my job. And I can remember he stopped me dead in my tracks, and he said, your job? Your job is to love me? I'm your child. And, um, and that night, um, he attempted to take his own life. And so we, um, and we were in New Orleans when that happened. We... I rushed back home because Lance was here. We were home. That's, that's our hometown, New Orleans. And rushed back here because Lance was up here working. And um, we put our child in um, a form of a conversion therapy home, knowing that that's what we were going to do, a home that was going to try to pray the gay away under the guise of sober living. And... Um, During that whole time, um, my husband was the one who was supportive of the kids. I was not. Um, and the two younger ones, Hunter and Olivia, um, were kind of left to fend for themselves because um, I kept telling them there are things that um, y'all are not going to understand why we're doing what we're doing, but we're trying to save your brother's life, and you just need to trust the process instead of, explaining to them what was happening, supporting their brother. Um, and, and those two were pretty vocal with me, and they fought back every step of the way. 
those two kids. Um, and I'm so grateful now that my children taught me lessons that will stick with me the rest of my life about love and inclusion and what Jesus has to say about each and every human being on this parent, on this planet. I learned that at the hands of my baby bears. Um, and so in March of 2018, we sent our firstborn to California to a facility that had an LGBTQ track and um, against our pastor's wishes um, because we let our pastor be involved in that process. Um, and no, Ilvani was not that pastor. No, no. <laughs> Think patriarchal evangelical Christianity. Got that picture in your heads, everybody? Good. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and so at the family weekend, Kenny had asked us to, um, or had asked me to just do what I had taught him to do, take these six passages of scripture that I kept throwing in his face about why homosexuality was a sin and, um, and learn it, break it down to the original language. And um, I remember him saying, well, while you're at it, why don't you study the history of human sexuality too and I'm like fine little toot and so I did out of out of love and respect for him I I began that journey um and that journey took about two almost two and a half years um and at the end of that journey I came to a completely affirming stance I read about maybe 25 books on both sides of the issue, the what we would call progressive theology and the traditional theology. So I would read a book that, um, that taught me LGBTQ inclusion scripturally, um, and then I would follow up with it with a book, say from like Focus on the Family or something like that. Um, I wanted to be really, really well-rounded. And the entire time I had my Bible open with me and I had every single version of the Bible that I had in my house. I think I had four different translations. And so at the end of that journey, I came out publicly as an affirming mom of the LGBTQ community on National Coming Out Day of 2019, I put just a Facebook post and um, the backlash, the backlash from that, from our community was swift and severe. And so as parents, and my journey as a mother is nothing compared to what my children have been through and what many people in this room have been through. My journey is nothing compared to that, but there was some loss. And so I lost my entire friend group. I lost my leadership position within my church. Um, and I lost my ability to serve in the church that we were at. In the meantime, my second child had come out as a lesbian at the time. And what we didn't know was that um, she at the time was uh, struggling with some really risky behaviors and this was a um, very bright never been in trouble a day in her life 4.5 grade point average advanced placement classes student it's possible and she had it yeah 
it's possible. Um, and so the risky behavior was happening right under our noses, and that was the last thing on our mind, that drugs were happening. Um, and the drug use went from marijuana to heroin and meth within a span of about three months. It was swift, and it was scary, and it was deadly. And so Lance and I entered the nightmare that parents who have children who abuse drugs enter. And that is, it's a terrifying journey for any parent. And so we were just intent on saving our child's life. Um, and the system for pediatric behavioral health, if anybody has dealt with that, is it, it will make you feel like you're losing your mind. We hit roadblocks every step of the way. Um, we finally got her into a pediatric rehab facility in January of 2020, um, or February, sorry, February of 2020. Um, but that was after, I think, what, 35 or 36 police reports had been filed because she was sneaking out every single night, and that was the only advice we were given. If you wanna help her, call the police every time she disappears, report a missing person. Um, and so we were doing what we thought we needed to do. Um, and at this point, we had lost all of our friend community. Our, our church at the time um, was great for, for that. While we were broken and in need of fixing in that standpoint, they were really supportive. Um, and when we were no longer broken and in need of fixing, they were silent. Um, our child got clean, uh, got kicked out of that rehab right the same week that my father-in-law was dying. Um, and at um, his funeral, my brother-in-law, who lives in Fairbanks, Alaska, and is a recovered addict, asked us if he could try to save her life. And um, and so at my father-in-law's funeral, Lance and I signed our rights to our child, to our brother-in-law, in an attempt to save her life. And he did that. Um, she got clean. He saved her life. We're eternally grateful for that. Um, but all parental rights for us were gone. And so, she was living up in Alaska, um, graduated from high school up there, and remember the timeline, this is ad co as COVID is happening, and so the world was changing. In August of 2020, she had called, and I say she because she was going by she at this time, um, and her behavior had become a little bit erratic, and I thought she was using again, and so I remember saying, girl, you better not, you, you don't even, don't even go there. And she was really angry with me. And finally, in a moment of desperation, I said, um, Victoria, that's her birth name. I said, Victoria, I wish that you could look in the mirror and see the beauty that I see, the potential that I see. And her voice was so tiny in that moment. And she said, Mama, I can't look in a mirror. And it was like the Holy Spirit just either just rained down or slapped me upside the head with the sledgehammer. Um, I knew, I knew in a fraction of an instant. And I said, 
do you mean to tell me that when you look in the mirror, who you are in the inside is not what you're staring at on the outside? And he said, Mommy, I'm so sorry. And I said, oh, honey, you're fine. You're fine. Pick your name. Pick your pronouns. You're fine. We love you. Um, and we will get through this. Um, that was the right response in that moment. And to this day, I will always regret not having that right response for my firstborn baby bear. Um, and in that fraction of an instant, Victoria Louise Kemp's life ended. And Hunter Lewis Kemp's life began. And a light came back in his eyes, and we began a new family journey. And at that point, we had been here for, I don't know, about three, four months? Yeah, since Mother's Day. Yes. And I remember when we first got here, I remember telling Bonnie on the phone when I made my phone call about, am I going to visit your church or not? Do I trust you yet? I had told Bonnie that if anybody dared at that point to use the name of Jesus or the Bible to biblically bully my babies ever again, I would rip them open and eat their insides for lunch <clears throat> with a cracker and they would be a crunchy treat. And so <laughs> she did. She did. She was probably like, okay, <laughs> okay, just come on. I'm a little afraid. Um, Bonnie was so I have never heard anybody say it like that, and I had never heard a, and you know, a straight, a straight cisgender, you know, married, you know, white, you know, all the things. I had never heard them say, take such a stance, such a. Lance is taking a call. Does he want to give? Do we have a? Do you want to come on up? Oh. Oh, I thought Hunter was on the phone. Is he on the phone? Okay, we'll have him come on up. Everybody say hi, Hunter. <laughs> I thought this was part of the story. I thought you were getting a, a, a surprise cameo, right? I mean, hey, baby offspring. Okay, so, um, yeah, so that's how we found the church. But that really began kind of a, a journey for us. Um, having a gay child... And, and a lesbian child and a bisexual child um, it is one area of advocacy. Having a transgender child is a whole different level. Um, and so I will say there are, two, there are two things that come to mind. Um, the rights of our LGBTQ population, this is no surprise to anybody, um, they are being taken away right and left, and have been for a while, um, and I just didn't realize it. Um, my family, I told Bonnie yesterday, I am the child of a fallen soldier. My father was killed in action in the Vietnam War, and so therefore, my family has paid the ultimate sacrifice for my children to have every single right that every other functioning, tax-paying member of our American society has. And so therefore, I will speak. The other thing is, I am not a pastor. I did not go to school to be a pastor. Um, however, my children are my reason. Their pain is my ordination. 
and their civil rights and the civil rights of any member of this community is my mission field, and I will not stop until it's done. I just won't. So, um, yeah, so that's my story. I think I want to leave people with um, John 10, 10. You know, the enemy comes to kill and steal and destroy. Um, and it feels like right now in our climate, the enemy has come to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus has come so that you might have life and have it abundant. Abundant life um, means the same rights. Everybody should have the same rights access to health care um, and our families of our transgender children you deserve access to health care that will keep your children alive um, and and you deserve equal voting rights and you deserve equal rights to employment you deserve equal rights to walk on the street with your partner your spouse your boyfriend your girlfriend without somebody staring or making a comment or beating you up. You deserve those rights. That's abundant life. Do you want to say a little bit about unconditional love? Or just a little uh, unconditional love. Hmm. Um, you know, when I began my deconstruction journey, I remember um, telling a very, very good friend um, if I'm wrong about all this, what else am I wrong about? And man, she hit the nail on the head because she said, right, it's like a sweater unraveling. When that first string pulls, you know, it's just one string, but you pull it and the whole sweater's like And, but then when the sweater's rebuilt, it's beautiful and it's warm um, and it's protective. And so, Yeah, I did go through a cynicism. Yeah, yeah. I was really angry for a long time. Um, and, you know, we all know that's part of a grieving process. Um, but, yeah, an unconditional love to me looks like advocacy and open arms and a place for people to be um, and feel welcome and included and belong. And so that's what Lance and I have chosen to you know, if, if um, you know, we've got a group of college age and, and adults, some, some of them are adult folks that are just welcome to just drop in at any time and do their laundry or spend the night or, you know, we have toothbrushes for all of them at this point. And, um, and we love that. And that, to us, looks like unconditional love. Part of our mission at this church and what we knew God would grace us with are mothers and fathers sisters and brothers, family members that would come in the place of missing family members by blood. We knew that, uh, that these people would come in and surround and be included, not just uh, being on the outside, witnessing and saying, I'm an ally or I affirm, but actually being a part of it. And each one of us belong to this house and we offer our gifts to this house. And one of the things that has blessed me the most is Kelly and Lance's parenting 
gift, that gift of just being a parent. And, and I, I, I see them, uh, whenever people come in to the church, um, I see Kelly make a beeline to, to the, young, the youngest ones and go, come to, come to our house, come for uh, jambalaya or whatever it is, you know, red beans and rice or whatever it is. And um, her, her doors are always open. Her doors are always open. Her heart is open. And maybe you're wanting to find your place in this house. Like, what is your unique gift? Do you need to be parented? Do you need to parent? Do you need to be a sibling to someone? Do you need a sibling? Do you need a niece? Do you need a nephew? What is your need today? And what is it that you want to offer someone else? That's what this house is for. I have, that's why I t share with you those scriptures. That when you're filling the blank and you're filling the blank leave you, <laughs> then God will come and fill in that gap. Yeah. Kelly and Lance and the kids, you are a blessing in this house. We just applaud you. Your journey and your friendship means the world to us. Yeah. I, I look forward to the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God bless you. I think we have one more video right now. Um, do, do we have it queued up? Okay, now you guys, this is cool. And Jerry, you already told the kids that they're about ready. Did you tell them? Okay. If you could, or somebody, if Sarah or whatever can go back. I think Sarah's going to stay in. Let them know that they're close to time. Um, this video means a lot to me. It's called God, Our Mother. Um, I was going to just read the poem before communion, but I remembered that we put this together for Mother's Day 2020. We did this when we were not meeting together in person, and each one of us. To be a mother is to suffer to travail in the dark, subjected to indignities for the sake of new life. To be a mother is to say, this is my body broken for you. And in the next instant, in response to the created's primal hunger, this is my body, take and eat. To be a mother is to self-empty, to neither slumber nor sleep, so attuned you are to the cries in the night, offering the comfort of yourself and assurances of, I'm here. To be a mother is to weep over the fighting and exclusions and wounds your children inflict on one another, to long for reconciliation and brotherly love, and when all is said and done, to gather all parties, the offender and the offended, into the folds of your embrace and to whisper in their ears, that they are beloved. To be a mother is to be vulnerable, to be misunderstood, railed against, blamed for the heartaches of the bewildered children who don't know where else to cast the angst they feel over their own existence in this perplexing universe. To be a mother is to hoist onto your hips those on whom your image is imprinted, bearing the burden of their weight rejoicing in their returned affection, delighting in their wonder, and bleeding in the presence of their pain. To be a mother 
is to be accused of sentimentality one moment and injustice the next. To be the receiver of endless demands, absorber of perpetual complaints, reckoner of bottomless needs. To be a mother is to be an artist, a keeper of memories past, weaver of stories untold, visionary of lives looming ahead. To be a mother is to be the first voice listened to and the first disregarded. To be a mender of broken creations and comforter of the distraught children whose hands rot them. To be a mother is to be a touchstone and the source, bestower of names, influencer of identities, life giver, life shaper, impact, healer. Give Kelly another clap, y'all. As we prepare ourselves for this interactive time of worship and communion, we have a variety of ways that you can worship um, in this house. And Marcia, I will need the, the table moved forward up to this for that point. a number of ways to connect with this message today, connect with the love of God, connect with your own healing, the things that you may need today that are maybe not even connected to a parenting relationship, but something that you need from God today. Um, so you can connect over communion. We will take the bread and the juice, um, take it back to your seat. We will partake of it together. You can light a candle at the cross if you so wish. You can write a journaling card maybe a note to yourself of something that really stood out to you today that you want to remember. Put it in the card, put it back in the box, and that's yours whenever you want to go back and get it. You can go back throughout the year. Um, we originally did it at the first of the year only so that you could have your card and read it again the next uh, New Year's Day, but we've just kept it going all throughout the year, so you're welcome to rifle through the, the envelopes. If you're like, what did I, what was I saying last Mother's Day? Or what did I say to myself uh, you know, last month or whatever the case is? And then the rocks inside of the water vase, um, this is just an indication. I, I love to hear, this has become one of the most interesting parts of the service for me, is when I hear those rocks clanking against the, the glass, I know that someone's leaving a burden behind. I know that someone's letting something go. Somebody's letting something go that has been blocking their energy. I really love that, and I want you, I want you to avail yourself to that. Would you stand with me, please? I'm so grateful for the stories in this house. I know that the children... Have the children already come back in? Some of them. Okay. And I would ask, um, we have a very special gift for all of the, of the mothers or those who identify as mothers. <laughs> we have um, a very special gift after communion. So please don't hurry off. Please stay around. Um, and the children really want to bless you with this that they have made and put together for you. So um, everybody agree you can stay with me just a little bit more to get your gift after we do communion. Um, all right, God bless you as you come.
sing of the goodness of to remind myself that I am a forgiving person. That's one of the things that it means to me. And it is only because I have been forgiven of so much that I'm even able to be willing to release my forgiveness to all those who have offended me. I pray that you would have a softening in your heart today. I pray that you would have a releasing. And I pray that the God of all comfort would comfort you in every way that you need it today. Amen. Children, I, April, help me on what, we're, on what we're doing. We have these special gifts, and so the children need to go meet April in the back and receive the gifts. All children, all the children's. Moms, don't leave now. We need you in here. We need you to receive. <laughs> so kids, come up and let us minister these beautiful flowers to all of the moms, all of the like a mom, all the like a moms, all the what? Fur moms. So I think we have enough to give everyone a flower. So let's make sure that everyone in the house gets a flower.
who wants to go up on the stage and give one to Eve and Sarah? walking in. He also gets a, a flower. Lucas, if you can make sure Meredith gets a flower. Some, we need this beautiful woman here needs a flower. <laughs> I want to see Hank holding a flower. Hank's been a mother to me. Go on. <laughs> stand with me. Y'all look good with flowers in your hands. We so appreciate every mother in the house. We give you special respect and honor. Thank you for all the ways in which you give to us and all of the people that are like mothers. Set moms, bonus moms, all the moms. It's almost like the <laughs> mom to mom, what'd you say? <laughs> what'd Peyton say? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? What did he say? I'm not paying attention. It's okay. It's Mother's Day. You don't have to pay attention to your children today. <laughs> so, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In this is love, not that we love and impress God, but that God loves us and gave God's self to be the mercy seat for our sin. In light of this glorious truth, let us be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven us. As we have freely received today, let us go and freely give. God bless you this hour and every hour of your day. Go in peace today. Make sure that you connect with someone. God bless you and happy Mother's Day.